pick a window. Wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. You're listening to the world's great comic book podcast, and I am your host, the radioactive professor of all things comic book, J.C. Carter. Joining me today on the show, my super friends... Beeping down from the bridge of his own private enterprise, a very own Laird, uh, James Tiberius Batman, Laird Jeff Bell. Hello. I'm a double Laird. And you're a double Laird. <laughs> you're double Laird. Uh, and uh, joining us this time, a special guest, we have Kenny from the Nerd Store. Hi, folks. Among other things. <laughs> Among other things. I, I've yeah. done other things, mostly the Nerd Store, though. That's yes. where people know me. Everybody knows Kenny from the Nerd Store. Because he's awesome at the nerd store. He is. He is literally the resident genius over there. He's. He mm-hmm. is. Of of the employees that I've worked with, he is one of my 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 two three favorites. <laughs> I I accept that. I accept that. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings hard. telling them that you're my favorite. So I'll just tell you that when we stop recording. That's fine. I'm pretty sure I know who the two that are above me are, and that's that's perfectly adequate. Not above. <laughs> not above. Equal. 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 Adjacent to. Of the employees he's worked with, you're one of them. I am one of the employees he's worked with. <laughs> well, yes. that is that is also technically true. Yes. And we can say that about many a people of yes. the employees that Jeff has technically worked with. Well, there's some he's, you know, worked adjacent to, uh, whether or not he actually worked with them. That's debatable. So I've been in that shop, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some. It's kind of fun. It is. So how is how's everybody's week been? FA? Um huh. This has been and we'll talk about this a lot more on the left show mm-hmm. yesterday, but um it was the this last week was the five year anniversary of losing Forest. Yeah. Um and that's just been kinda in my head all week, and so I was gonna have a solemn moment. And I was flipping through I was flipping through mm-hmm my Spotify and I and I saw the playlist I put together on Spotify for Forrest's funeral and was like, oh, I'll play this. And it starts out with Wish You Were Here and Shine On You Crazy Diamond and some Beatles songs. And then, and then, <laughs> another one bites the dust. Yes. Who Wants to Live Forever? <laughs> um, don't Fear the Reaper. Um, <laughs> cutting crews. I just died in your arms tonight. Um, and more and more like that. It was like the most morbid comedy I had ever performed in my entire life. And I was just like, you are such a dick. Oh my God. This is hilarious. Five years removed. I'd forgotten about the joke. So I got to laugh at my own humor again. That was a good list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, my, my feet has been haunted all week by, you know, between you and Bob talking about Forrest. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the weird ones is the thing Forrest and I shared the most up until 
I'd say it was about a year, bef- about six months before he died, he stopped playing. But we were always playing words with friends because yeah. he was. He taught me how to play basically um, by just kicking the shit out of me every time I played him in the game. But I would watch what he would. I would watch the moves he would make. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I started learning how to play. Str- I started learning how to play strategic Scrabble, which was really weird for me because I, I just thought you just make big words and you win. No, you have to play it strategically. So uh, anyway, every now and then uh, you go through, you, you, I wrap up everybody I'm playing and it'll say, it'll, it'll have a suggestion for someone else to play. And I think it was last week it came up and said, Force Shaw plays frequently. And I was like, what? <laughs> How's Forrest? Who's got his fucking account that they're playing frequently? That's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's one of those moments. I'm like, God damn it! I miss playing Forrest in this game. But he kind of lost his uh, his moxie after he got sick because I think he was he was he had his mind elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in the the dosages of medications mm-hmm. he was taking, including THC, yeah. were all in the heroic dose phase at that point. Yeah. That last six months. It was uh It wasn't that I got better at the game. I mean I did, but I still couldn't beat him. It was that he was not really paying attention to the game when he'd play. So yeah. I, I was be I, I was winning more often. I'm like, I don't like this. I'm winning more. Yeah, this not, this doesn't feel good to me because I know why I'm I'm winning more, and it's not because I'm suddenly better than Forrest. I couldn't possibly be <laughs> this <Yeah>. game. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Kenny? How was your week? Oh, not too bad. You know, uh, Thursday I got to finally run in and talk to you, Jeff. So that's always fantastic. No, it was um, fun. It was a good visit. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice visit. You, got to talk about some things. You have a really good understanding of how somebody in the middle of multiple projects is still paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sometimes the customers, you know, when I'm in a hurry and I'm trying to get shit done and get them taken care of and I'm talking, but I'm not making eye contact, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can tell they're a little put out. But, you know, you totally get what that job is, which was nice. Yes. I, I, I again, we've established that we've worked together. And so I I do mm-hmm. understand the balance of making sure you're paying attention to the person in front of you, yep. making them feel special as opposed to just continuing to chat with mm-hmm. whoever whatever dipshit is still sitting there yeah yeah so anyway how about you sir how was yours uh well the uh issue number four shall and none the printed version came in uh i think on tuesday i got it so i immediately started uh bagging up uh most of what i got uh bagging and boarding most of what i got because i know i'd have to ship it all and um start shipping start putting together uh shipping stuff uh closed out the addresses on backer kits so that i could uh you know finalized addresses so people could give me any last minute which at least two i know two for sure two did not go in and update their address so i'm pissed because at least i knew one's address that i would have to ship out of state the other is my niece who lives in state and she didn't go up or date her address and i'm like how am i supposed to get this to you because her address was my mom's house which i sold <laughs> last this last month you know last uh, summer uh at the end of last summer so i'm like yeah no i i don't know where you live um anyway i got everything boxed up and uh started shipping on friday and shipped everything out on saturday that was going out of state so all of my out of states are gone and then i set up 
meetup times for people in state and one of the one of the things that happened with the out of state um this doesn't include the two foreign ones i have to ship because those are special shipments that i have to they're an extra pain in my ass i have to go do so they're an extra privilege in your ass sir they are they're an extra privilege of me having to do um uh one's going to canada and it's a big box so that's probably going to cost me what he spent uh what he contributed and then um the other one's going because i remember you shipping a prize pack to tom took a while uh, back in the day and it was expensive too if i remember right um and then the other one's going to uh, germany and i have to go you have to go get special envelopes and stuff to send the the packing slips and everything it's it's all kinds of fun um but anyway the and i'm not really not complaining about them i'm complaining about our postal service not making it easy uh and then uh the thing is is i ran out of um my uh my shipping boxes you know my gemini's yeah i ran out of them so if people in utah don't want to meet me for pickup they got to wait until i get new gemini's in i ordered them yesterday they could take a couple of weeks to get to me or they could take a few days they said they've they've processed the order but i don't know when i'll get it uh so when i get new gemini's i'll be able to ship again here in utah so if you want to if you're local to me in utah and you did back shell in number four i know it was a year ago again i apologize things happened um excrement occurred uh but uh if you did um and you would like to get your books after waiting a year um check out the email i sent yesterday uh, day before yesterday and uh pick a i i met i met two people yesterday at dr volts and drop two things in holds at Dr. Volts. Um, and I'll be meeting up again next week at Dr. Volts, the following week at the Nerd Store in Orem. And then the last week of the month, I'll be at the Nerd Store in West Valley with Kenny. For anybody that doesn't know, the Nerd Store in Orem is in the University Mall. Yep. Right there at the top of the hill. Yep, right there. That's where I first My- fell in love with deep fried pickles. It's where I really discovered what how delicious cheap chinese food could be oh yeah yeah yep yep and uh yeah so i'll be going there hanging out for a couple hours because i can only take a couple hours in orm uh before i just must leave so i'll be there and it's not i'm not talking about orm nerd store i've never even been in there yet Uh, i'm just talking orm in general (laughs) i'll only be there for a couple hours so if you're local to orm in some way or form come down and, and pick up during those two hours that i'll be there um anyway another opportunity next next saturday at the nerd store or at uh, dr volts and then the saturday after that in orem and then the saturday after that at the nerd store for anybody left over and otherwise i'll be shipping it hopefully by the end of the month i'll be shipping everything out for utah and to canada and germany and uh it's cool i've got german and canadian backers now um i you know half the time i'm like it goes out and the post office doesn't tell me anything. I never know if it gets there. <laughs> I just know I sent it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to trust the international mail to get it to them. Um, I get things from Scotland all the time from my friends in Scotland. So hopefully it'll work the opposite. It works the opposite way. Though I did discover uh, De Boy- DeJoy, right? DeJoy, he's the idiot in charge of the post office still 
Um, he it used to be any box, anything that you could fit in one of their boxes could be shipped for eight bucks. Yep. Yeah. They've now tiered the pricing. Well, we know that because we ship all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you guys know that, but I yeah. I did not know that until I went into to do the shipping, and I was like, wait, eighteen bucks? The fuck? What happened to my eight bucks to ship yeah. <laughs> to Joy? <laughs> Because I had to ship a special one to my um, co-creator Greg. Uh, he had he had backed some stuff, and then I also needed to ship him some stuff he'd sent me. I needed to send him blanks back, and then he sent me, and then I sent him stuff because he did the cover for issue four, the primary cover for issue four. So yeah, it's just <laughs> it's all kinds of fun. Welcome to Fulfillment Hell. You guys know all about it. You do fulfillment all the time. Yep. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I get to do it. I get to do two, you know, a hundred and something fulfillments and mass in a, in a weekend, basically. So, yeah, it's all kinds of fun. Fun with packing tape. The best packing yes. tape. I hate. I hate packing tape. I despise packing tape. <laughs> I, I hate packing tape. I, I'm not one of the people that's good enough at, like, carrying packing tape. I have to have the scissors and then trying to balance. Mm. I, I can't I can't tape. I can't tape the shit. Uh, it's not good. Well, I, I use the dispenser, and even then I just struggle with the damn thing. And, yep. uh, and I usually wind up wrapping around the edges of the, of the diamond, of the shipper, you know, mm-hmm. ra- wrapping around the edges because I've, I've cut too long and stuff. And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. It's it's extra sealed that way, right? Yep. Yeah. No, you just took extra care to make sure that it mm-hmm. is, is it's safe. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of stuff from everybody in uh, all my all the people, I, all my friends that I back uh, on Kickstarter. I get a lot of I get a lot of those uh, Gemini boxes from them, and it's just funny to see how each of us chooses to tape it up. You know, I've had one who just put one little piece of tape horizontally down the middle mm-hmm. and it somehow got to me intact still i was very impressed um i did have one who, who shipped it to me in a standard uh flat rate envelope <laughs> and without anything protecting the book at all and it got to me in one piece and i thought wow dude that's the bravest thing i've ever seen <laughs> shipping in a flat rate envelope plus it's cheaper to use something like backer kit that'll ship at book rate for you P.S. Um, and then I've had someone do trip three pieces of tape. Uh, myself and uh, my buddy Charlie do one piece, you know, horizontally down the whole thing. Um, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to see how everybody tapes up these things. I use like eight. I mean, it's like <laughs> two across, and then I do double bands around the outside. Yeah, and then I got I got masking tape inside, holding the book still. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, see, it's. I'm glad you at least use masking tape. I've got books from places that were not masking tape inside, but it's packing tape inside, yeah. which I'm sure might be more secure. But my God, trying to get a book out of that, like to not tear the book, trying yeah. to get that out because masking tape is like, okay, I just use my finger and cut. Cool. But that, that packing tape in the inside. No, no, that's not it. Well, you try to take that off the plastic you know, providing that they that they bag the book. Oh, they to, don't, yeah, that would you, be bad. If you try taking that off, it will it will tear the it'll tear the it'll tear the bag. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, and I don't I don't tape up the inside. I just I seal the I seal the two flaps so that it's tight. The books are tight in there, 
mm-hmm. and then everything's closed tight as it can be. And I've not had anybody come back and say, wow, you really effed up the corners, dude. You know, yeah. <laughs> everything's been fine. So hey, and I, throw in, I throw in posters, I throw in stickers, I throw in all kinds of stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I get them the same way from my people, from people that I, I support. I got one guy, Pat Shand, who sends everything in the, and he's, this one's extra. This you guys think you're you guys think you're extra. Jeff thinks he might be extra. No, no. Pat Shand will wrap the book in bubble wrap and then put it in the Gemini mailer <laughs> and mail yeah. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've I've had that. I've had that for sure. I'm like, I okay, thanks for the bubble wrap, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We well, are being we are being pedantic. We are, we are. This is be this has been packing talk on uh <laughs> On NPR, we're going to move on to the news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Carl Weathers, former NFL linebacker who became a holiday action movie and comedy star. Um, Nemesis turned ally Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, facing off against Donald Schwarzenegger in Predator. Get to the chopper. Um, (laughs) teaching golf in Happy Gilmore and what they skipped CBS you ass clowns um, in Mandalorian yeah has died he was 76 years old Um, this makes me sad because I I have been enjoying his work on the Mandalorian especially directing yeah he's got a every director for Mandalorian has their own little taste and flavor um I'd say my favorite is probably Bryce Dallas Howard, but the sort of '80s action movie fervor that that Weathers had on his episodes was always a nostalgic treat for me. Even though it was new material, it felt familiar and it and and you know friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I really liked the the, the couple of episodes that he he uh, directed. Uh, they were fun, and, and aside of that, it's. You know, he was he was hearty. He was hale. He was he was, you know, fucking Carl Weathers in that show. Yeah, the I mean, very little belied his, you know, seventy year old age when he was walking around as as Kreef uh, Gar, Kreef Gargo Cargo. I can't remember how, how you say Carga. Yeah, but uh, he, he very little belied his age in Mandalorian. I mean, he was he just looked. Just look great. And it's going to be just as big a shock, I think, when Sam Jackson dies. You know, it's going to be one of those, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Cause he's he's never going to die. He will yeah, outlive us all. I can't, I can't live in a world where we, we talk about that, honestly. Yeah. No. Samuel L. Jackson and my mother will, will seriously be the last two human beings on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. But uh, yeah, yeah um, rumor is right now that it was cancer. Mm hmm. Um, but, um, I'm just sad that that one, you know, it's, it's now, now it's, it's hitting me where my pop culture trivia lives. Life, right. You know, cause that he was very young to have passed, but mm-hmm. he was, he was not as young as, uh, Mark Gustafson, who was the Pinocchio co-director. Uh, mm. he also passed away this week at the age of 64. Um, uh, he won an Oscar, uh, for stop motion photography. Um, and... oh, this was the later, this was the more recent Pinocchio. I was like, 
64. How old is it? Was he when he did Pinocchio? Because Pinocchio was yeah out of, out of the womb. Yeah, Just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, drawing Pinocchio. Yeah, um, it, his death was uh, uh, revealed by Benicio del Toro, mm. uh, mm. who eulogized him on Twitter as. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Guillermo del Toro, not Benicio. The different, yeah, different guys, same no, accent. Different people. Um, yeah, he says news of the 64-year-old filmmaker's death was revealed by del Toro, who eulogized him on Twitter as a true artist. I admired Mark uh, even before I met him. A legend, a friend that inspired and gave hope to all around him. He went on to say Gustafson leaves behind a titanic legacy of animation. Loved having had the chance to share time and space with him during the highs and the lows. Always mm. and forever. And I'm just saying, hey, Sylvester Stallone, that's, that's how you eulogize a pal, pal. That's right. Yeah. Not that Stallone did a bad job. He was actually very sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking a swing for uh, no other reason than he doesn't know where I live. Because uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he could still take me. Um, there's yeah. The next one is a rumor that I threw in to just have something fun after eulogies that made a sense. <laughs> Yes, because this belongs in a different segment, and I don't give a flying fuck. But the rumor is, is that uh, they're going to bring back Iron Fist, but it's going to be female led instead of uh, Danny Rand led, and all that does is make me feel even worse for the actor whose name I can't remember, who played Danny Rand in Iron <laughs> Fist. That dude got screwed by Marvel in season one so badly. Yeah. Well, first. They, they ran it so quickly, and he was cast very quickly. Didn't have time to do anything, um, you know, to learn martial arts or anything. Uh, at least, uh, like, his co-star, Henwick, she had martial arts training. So uh, playing Colleen Wing, she looked great. Compa- and compared to him, he looked like, yeah. you know, he looked clumsy compared to her after that. Um, then he takes, they, you know, he, they, they wait to shoot season two. And during between the hiatus between him shooting season one and shooting season two, he goes and takes martial arts classes so he can actually look good when he's fighting. And he yeah. did. Season two yeah, was great. Even Defenders. I mean, you could tell he'd gotten some training between Iron Fist, Iron Fist season one and Defenders. So, yeah, it was It's like, no, he's supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be the greatest martial artist. But at least he got fixed up. But, yeah, no, Finn Jones got screwed bad. Yeah. Well, and he could still be involved because if I remember right where we left it was Colleen has the Iron Fist. So it would be logical that she's Iron Fist right now. Yep. I mean, the rumors still say that Finn Jones may come back as Danny Mm -hmm. Rand, but that he won't be the Iron Fist. Right. But again, rumor. Fun rumor. But a rumor. rumor. Hey, hey, I'm all about Colleen Wing coming back as the Iron Fist because... She was great. Um... I've got a mad crush on Henwick anyway, so yeah, I want her back anyway. So. There you go. Um, finally, wrapping up the uh, news segment, uh, Netflix is detailing video games they're releasing in 2024, including a video game for Squid Game, Rebel Moon, and Virgin River tie-ins. Uh, I am ridiculously excited about this news um, because <laughs> there are a couple of games on here that Albeit, I do not want anyone to try to play on a mobile device unless you have a controller and stuff. Yeah. And at that point, if you have a controller and stuff, you've probably played these. Um, the one that I'm most excited about people to finally play is Katana Zero. Uh, mm-hmm. Katana Zero is a fantastic game that not enough people play. 
uh so much fun it's got this cool like neon aesthetic um a lot of people already played hades but hades is such a good game and i'm excited for that to get a, a bigger audience and then i'm also kind of hyped about people playing sonic mania plus that being said if you are someone that wants to play sonic mania plus you yeah. probably play sonic mania plus um i also noticed they have game dev uh tycoon on here which is a great mobile game um it, albeit like short and easy to beat and they're adding content for this version yeah and that also gets me excited and that's the only one that really i'm happy that because it is a mobile game it's made to be a mobile game those other ones i i don't know how you're playing that on a screen like that yeah unless you do something but yeah i'm, I'm excited those games get some love i'm looking forward to monument valley um Solid. just for shits and giggles it's a surreal exploration through fantastical architecture and impossible geometry. It sounds like you're playing a video game, um, you know, through one of those weird optical illusion uh, uh, examples, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so that one, that one really looks good. And then the other one I'm looking forward to um, is uh, Dumb Ways to Survive. Yes. That's yeah, this is... One. Yeah, this is a, 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 I don't know if it's a sequel or not, but it's the next uh, version from the guys that made Dumb Ways to Die, uh, the world's most shared public service announcement, which has had more than 130 million downloads. What, what threw me on this article is the fact that Netflix has 88 games available to play. Including, and they got some good ones. Yeah, and I don't know how to get to any of them. Uh, so... Um, you have to be on mobile, okay. um, but on mobile, uh, on the bottom bar thing, there should be a game slot. I'm looking, um, I'm going to do it right now. There's one, let me grab my phone and make sure I have it installed still, um, that I, I quite enjoy that I got from them. It is, again, it's a dumb little, uh, I, I don't have it. It starts with a P, um. It's it's a nice little mobile game, and I I like that. Uh, it's a nice little mobile game. Um, oh my god! Look at this! <gasps> it's there's so many P games. Uh, P O I N P Y. It's it's an it's oh like Doodle Jump, but like with a somewhat of a story behind it. It's this is not nuts. Like, yeah. There's there, a Transformers there's some, game on here. Yeah, there's some there's some great games. There's something there for everyone. But they do have like Grand Theft Auto is on there as well. Uh the the Grand Theft Auto 3 trilogy of Vice City, San Andreas, and 3. Hmm. Um TMNT. There's a there's a Sonic Runner on there that doesn't have ads, uh the which is I was playing last night actually. Um it's a it's fun. a fun little little thing that they do. Uh, they need to figure out a way to bring this to TVs though, because you cannot pay me to play Grand Theft Auto on my phone. Nope. Nope. Like, like, Shovel Knight. Oh my God. Uh, is probably solid on mobile. I will say. Well, basically. I, 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 yeah. I played it on Switch originally. Oh, okay. Um. So Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is probably solid mobily. Um. 
but also people should just go play the regular Shovel Knight game, the first one. So if you want to play this, you gotta you gotta log into Netflix to play, or does it install yeah, to your phone? It you you just have to click it on the Netflix thing, and yeah. it'll take you to your store. It's like a hidden link essentially. Okay. Like it doesn't pop up on their store normally. It just pops up on your your phone, and then you can install it from Google Play or Apple Store or whatever you have. Well, then the only thing I have left to say is for Asgard. Let's go for a commercial. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look at this colossal time waster I had hidden on my phone this whole time. God yeah, damn! I don't know why they don't advertise this a little bit more than they do. Like they they. Legitimately, Grand Theft Auto is probably the biggest game franchise in the world at any given moment. Mm-hmm. It's GTA Five is still consistently in the top ten to twenty games every single month, and it's been out forever. And this is only on Android. This uh, no, it is on iOS. Um, I know the Hades game is actually iOS exclusive that they're doing, mm. um, so you you can't download that. I also want to touch on Squid Game here. Uh, I like the idea that uh, they're making Squid Games Mario Party. Nice. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Hey, you get to play the little mini games from Squid Game on your phone with other people. Cool. Let's let's have Mario Party Squid Games. That's what the people have been asking for. I I think it'd be fun if you know you lose and you can't play the game for like a week. <laughs> representing that you're dead, you know that they that the guy murdered you right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be. I think that'd be a little bit too flavorful, though. That would be a little bit too on brand. It would be like, okay, I can't play for a week. Uninstall. Yep. Okay, well, gang, that is it for the news. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking moving pictures. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Tell me. There is nothing wrong with your television. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. Well, what have you guys been watching in the moving pictures this last week? Kenny? Uh, Honestly, right this week has been busy. Uh, So mostly uh, I've had time to watch the Pro Bowl, uh, which is what is on my TV right now. Uh, Mm. I got to watch some of the Pro Bowl (laughs) games. Uh, I like what they've done with the Pro Bowl. Uh, You know, um, they added like the more mini games back to it. So like you have the catch contest and, mm-hmm. and uh, the linemen I think are still participating in a eating contest. I saw like Jason Kelsey doing the, doing the, the, the center thing. snap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they added a whole bunch of things like that, which is it's, it's awesome. And I think they they're adding fun back to it. 
and making guys want to come back because before it was like, I'm not going to go play in an actual football game for absolutely no reason after I just played hopefully a full season of, of games. I, I, I don't want to go do that, but touch football and a catching contest and, and an eating contest. And then, yeah, that sounds fun. And, and it, it's been, it has been fun. Uh, you got the Manning brothers uh, doing their thing. Um, Eli has, you know, his one joke about uh, Peyton's forehead. And <laughs> Peyton, Peyton has his one joke about actually being a better quarterback. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> um, Also true. Uh, yeah, no, did you see the, the cold open for Saturday Night Live last week? Either of you? Oh, I, I, I didn't it just... watch it. It was so fun because it was all the it was basically making fun of this. It was all the announcers, you know, they're yep. they're ta- they're talking about the playoff games were about to start, and the other one guy was like, "Man, this means there's no more football after this." He said, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, I just, what am I supposed to do?" And it goes down to the guy, the commentators who all sit around the table, and they're like, and they're "Yeah, all- this sucks. There's no more football." They're like, "Well, there's a Super Bowl. Ah, that doesn't count. That's just commercials anyway." And That's then they. About- and then yeah. some guy said, said, well, they got the Pro Bowl. Another one said, I have never watched the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I for X amount of years. I have never watched the Pro Bowl. I've never watched the Pro Bowl. I was like, I love this. This is killing me. Because it's like the playoffs are the end. And that was, you know, that was the tradition um, until they created the Super Bowl. The playoffs were the end. That yeah, was the end of the was. season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Before they merged. So. Yeah, that's that's all I've really had time for. I also I would have made time. I didn't realize that something you guys are both probably going to talk about here in a minute was out, and I'm mad at myself. And it's what I'm going to do probably after mm-hmm. we're done here is go watch it, and that's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, oh yeah, you need to watch it. <laughs> I, I loved Donald Glover so much, and I'm like, I can't believe I just didn't know oh. that this was out. I, yeah. I, I I knew it was coming, and I even upgraded my Amazon Prime to ad free because I'm not messing around with this. Because after that, we get invincible. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to watch this. So I, I, I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on Mister. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Right. Well, so uh, last night watched uh, the first five episodes of Mister. and Mrs. Smith. Could yeah. not could not stop. Um, I we only stopped because. Michelle was tired, so we only watched the first three episodes. But the uh, oh my god, the pacing <laughs> is different. It's yeah. not bad. It's not slow. It's not fast. It's just different, and it's perfect. Yeah. is what it is. It's yeah, perfect. It was. Yeah. It. I got through that first episode, and the thought was, is that well, that was a little slow, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm hooked. But when the thing happens at the end of the first episode, yeah. The thing, the thing. I'm not gonna, the you know, the thing. I I was like calling it, you know. I'm like, well, that's that's it's this, and then it happened. And I was, and my, I look at my wife, and her jaw is like in her lap. She, it was just blue because it was so big. It was such a big moment, and I was like, okay, that worked. Well done, Donald Glover. That worked. Um, Maya Erskine, yeah, is, is a fucking revelation to me. Uh you know, one, okay, half Asian, half Scottish. Hello. <laughs> I got a new crush. Uh, but uh, on top of it, just, uh, you know, uh, just so good in this role. And not somebody I would have handpicked 
you know, as who's going to play Mrs. Smith to Donald, to pretty Donald Glover's Mr. Smith, you know, John Smith. And it was like, she is so good though. I'm like, so natural. Yeah. Just so natural in the moments. And when she has her Mrs. Smith moments, um, if you've watched any of the Mr. and Mrs. Smith shows, you know what I'm talking about. When she has her Mrs. Smith moments where she's suddenly the super spy, it's like a switch is thrown and you just see it. And it's, I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause up until then, she's still the girl from pen 15 in some ways, you know, every now and then you see a little bit of pen 15, you see a, uh, some of her other comedy roles she's done. But then when you, when she, when she flips that switch, it's like, yeah, I don't uh, know. I totally buy it. I totally buy. She's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. No fucking great show. Same oh with, my God. Same with Glover though is, uh, his, you know, uh, the way they've, they've got mm-hmm. him doing it and, in you know, his, his yeah. weapons work, you know, he looked very natural. Like he knew what he was doing. Like yeah. he knew what he was holding. Um, the, uh, the moment, his moment at the end of episode three, yeah. up at, up at the ski resort, I was like, again, totally bought it. Cause that it was that flipping a switch. But at the same time, I was like, damn, this is really good. <laughs> this is really smart, smartly played yep. and, uh, and, and, and more realistic than I'd seen in a while in the depiction of the violence in a lot of ways. So yeah, it was, fun. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fucking love Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yeah. It just keeps anyway. getting better and better. Each episode is more and more exciting as more and more stuff happening. It's a, it's a, it's probably a build up to what's going to be an amazing season finale. Yeah. So I like And, it. Uh, you know, Alexander Skarsgård in the first scene. I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, was I'm that, in. Who's Here's the, the who's the girl? Was that Bella Hadid? I think so. I wasn't sure. Because I'm like, holy shit. I exclaimed to the room who gave no yeah. shits at all. That's a Skarsgård. <laughs> yep. What's a Skarsgård? <laughs> <laughs> but um they like is there a sword or something in the scene what the hell's a scars guard a scars guard is the is the 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 gaggle of sons that all play horror movie shit uh to a guy who plays nice guy stuff and professors yep. and things like that that's all it's i mean it's a whole goddamn it's it's an acting troupe all named scars guard and they're yeah. all they're all toe-headed beautiful men. It's obscene. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah, except for their father who's, you know, you know, he's just an old dude, but he and he always, he plays the the professor in the Thor movies. Yep. Yeah. And uh yeah, all the scars guards are so fucking good. Um all the way through it. And uh, is this the Yeah, it's the same scars guard that was in Atlanta, so that's obviously why he was Glover was able to get him because oh, I don't go. know if you've seen Atlanta. I well, haven't. No, no, Atlanta, I haven't seen it. So Atlanta is pretty much one of the things that uh, Donald Glover left Community for was Atlanta. Um, it's about a rapper in Atlanta, and it is some of the zaniest shit ever. But it also deals with like some of the realest shit ever. Like early on, there's an invisible car. Like the, this rapper walks mm-hmm. up to the club, and they're like, "I heard he got an invisible car. He got that invisible car." And then and then he and then he you see something happens and he's driving away in the invisible car. You see him just floating and driving away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not I can't do any of the things justice. But he has an episode in uh, Atlanta in the last season, I think it was, 
last or the second to last season uh that is just so so good and so so insane and he plays in a, a fictional version of himself and it's just so good that's um, fun that's it actually sounds pretty good i might give it a shot i mean it was like i didn't think i'd like made in america and it turned out to be one of uh, my favorite shows so it's eliza gonzalez who's the oh, is that other who that was? yeah oh okay the other other jane other jane other john oh, watch yeah. that first watch that first scene this is Squid Game meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, there's All there's right. consequences for fucking up. There are. <laughs> right. I'm in. I am in. Yeah, this yeah. is such a great fucking show. I can't get enough it of was, it. Anyway. It was nice seeing Parker Posey uh, working again. Yeah, she was great. I love. It was great. I'm, that's that's my next episode, and I'm very excited for Parker Posey because I I could watch Parker Posey read the phone book and laugh the whole time. Yep. Yep. What else did I um, watch a little football this week? Uh, I am regretting um, uh, the month of ESPN2 that I got to watch the FA Cup because the FA Cup is spread over months, apparently. Um, I'm new to sport, so this is this is new on me. Um, I watched Wrexham lose uh, to a team that is two leagues above them, and, <laughs> and uh, they didn't get a clean sheet. Uh, Wrexham scored, so that was pretty nice. And then I watched a game yesterday with uh, with Newcastle versus Luton Town that was so fucking good and so fucking exciting that I was almost late for work. Uh, and then uh, just here a few minutes ago, I watched uh, Arsenal uh, kick mm-hmm. the shit out of Liverpool. Um, that was pretty good. So uh, we're, you know, uh, climbing up the ratings. They're up there in the mm-hmm. top four, which is nice. Um, and then, uh, the brother's son. Wow. Yeah. I've heard about this one. This is fun and weird. Uh And I had no idea what the fuck I was going in for. All I know is that Michelle Yeoh was in it. And enough for me. Yeah. And it's basically, she is the matriarch of a crime family. She's abandoned the crime family to raise her youngest son. He's, you know, a fucking American stateside dork. Meanwhile, bad things happen with the crime family, um, and um, the the brother, one of the son brothers, comes mm-hmm. to America to make sure that mom and his little brother are taken care of. Hijinks ensue. You've got one deadly, you know, uh, assassin and one kind of dipshit American that are brothers, and and hilarity ensues. And I really liked it. I can't wait to get back to it. Um, about the only other thing I've got on my plate right now is I got to rewatch some uh, Umbrella Academy because the new season's about to drop. Oh fuck! I got to get back to that. You... Watch yeah. yeah, I need to finish the, that last season. Um, last season ended great. It, it was it was one of those. It was too easy to drop off of. So uh, I was I fi- I figured oh I'll, I'll never see a season four. So that's and cool. Here it is. Getting... Yeah, and yet here it comes. Yep. Yeah. So what do you what do you oh 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 that's the one. So I'll start you off on this one, and then you can tell us what you thought. But The Legend of Tarzan mm. uh, with a Skarsgård. Speaking of Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. 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 Uh, Margot Robbie, Samuel L. Jackson, um, mm-hmm. and Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. I love yeah. that man. I love him so much. Uh, he is an international treasure and should be protected at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, 
like you and I were talking about it yesterday, and this is when I'll hand it over to you. I was like, in my brain, I still like Legend of Greystoke better, mm-hmm. but this one was, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, things happened in this one. Yeah. So you 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 take over. This is the start of your list. So this was one of those where I had I'd forgot I'd forgotten it had even come out. So I thought I was watching something new. And then it was like, wait, why does Sam Jackson look so damn young in this? You know, I mean, and in great shape. I mean, that's not the Sam Jackson I remember from that really bad Nick Fury show on on Disney. Uh, what the fuck? And then uh, I'm, I'm watching it and I realized, oh, this is I looked it up. I'm like, oh, it's 2016. I'd forgotten it had ever come out and I should have seen it when it came out. Um, Skarsgård is amazing in it. Uh, Margot Roby in pre it's basically Margot Roby doing pre uh, uh, Harley Quinn all the way through a pre Harley Quinn voice. I'm like, she could have played British, but I guess Jane was an American. So she, that's that's her American voice. And her American voice is always going to sound like this. Even when she did Barbie, you'd occasionally hear her sounding like this. Um, not all the time, but she still had it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a fucking amazing movie. Um, uh, this is my Tarzan. So you had the Johnny Weissmuller. Um, and so when I was a kid, I'll explain this to Kenny and all the other young people out there. Uh, what is now uh, Fox 13 uh, here in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, before the Fox network started, was known as TV20. It was our first UHF station. It was the very first time we got something that wasn't one of the three networks or the two PBS stations in Utah as a as a broadcast station other states had you had tons of uhf stations we got one in the mid 80s and or in the early 80s and it was called tv 20 and on saturdays they had they did a tarzan and at first it was the johnny weissmuller movies so i'd watch them you know that's where the yodel comes from the oh and they they owned that so they just used it all the time and he never had to do it again but he was always me, Tarzan, you, Jane. That was Johnny Weismuller. And then we got to a Tarzan series that they ran that was run about, I think they must have filmed at the same time as the old uh, Lone Ranger series with Jay Silverheels and uh, Clayton Moore. Um, I think they must have filmed at the same time because it was all kind of that same kind of 60s vibe, you know, early, early color shows kind of vibe. And I don't remember the actor who played Tarzan uh, in that one, but he couldn't do the yodel, so they, they just dubbed in the Johnny Weissmuller. And then when I was a kid, there was uh, a filmation, um, The Adventures of Tarzan, that would run on Saturday mornings. And they had the Weissmuller yodel that they dubbed in there. Uh, and I'm, I keep bringing up the Weissmuller uh, yodel because I'm going to get to that in a minute. But um, this is the Tarzan I got to know. Was the Tarzan who had gone back to Britain, gotten an education, you know, had you know lived at Greystoke for a while and then came back to the jungle. So it was no more me Tarzan. It was hi, I'm Tarzan. How you doing? Hello, you know? <laughs> I'm Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Oh, fucking colonizer, huh? Yeah. More to the point, I remember. I just remember the voiceover in the first in the old uh, filmation series. Uh, this is my domain, and I protect those who come here. For I am Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. And then you hear the yodel. Um. We finally hear the yodel up toward the end of the, the, the Skarsgård movie, and it's not the same. And it was really funny when Christoph Waltz, in the distance, hears the yodel. He goes, huh, I thought it would sound different. Yeah. 
That was good. Uh, the idea he's showing, like in the first, in the like the first time we see him in the movie, he's showing these kids his how his hands are so deformed. He says, "Yeah, uh, walking on your knuckles, it deformed them into this shape." And I was like, "Because it's more like an ape." And when he touches her face, he cups his hand like an ape would. And they they must have put some big old gloves on him or he had to wear green CGI gloves or something. Cause it just was such an effect that he had monkey hands the whole time. Um, but yeah, it was just so, cause he didn't, he wouldn't oppose his thumb a lot of the time, you know, when he would touch something, he would do it like the apes would. Uh, but yeah, it was so good. Just so good. I had no idea it was that good. And I wish I would have seen it in the theaters when it came out in 2016. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Finally finished up Monarch. I uh, got the kid to sit down so we could finish up Monarch. That was fucking great. Um, I like the ending. I like where they're at at the end of it. Makes me look forward to season two. It made me and, look and, forward to the next episode that didn't happen because it didn't feel like a like a season finale to me. Yeah, it I just only felt it was like... a season finale because we were counting as we were watching. We weren't watching it as it came out, so we knew it had ended at eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, we're watching criminal record, which is another Apple show. This has got Peter Capaldi and, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, let me look it up to the Googles. There's two crime shows on Apple right now. One's that one. And then the other one, I can't remember the name of, but it's Gary Oldman, uh, Mm -hmm. that I definitely need to watch as well. That one looks good. Gary Oldman looks looks gross. Kush Jumbo. What a great name. Kush Jumbo um, is playing. She's basically the lead is Kush Jumbo. Uh, To make sure they get residuals, both Kush Jumbo and Peter Capaldi uh, are listed at the very top of the show as executive producers. And I'm like, very smart. This is how you get residuals, folks. Get yourself on as if if they want you in their show and they're begging you to be in their show say i must be executive producer so you have to pay me royalties you know you have to pay me residuals when this comes out i want to make the money you fuckers make after the show comes out pay me to be the actor yes but then you pay me afterwards as well um anyway uh zoe wanamaker uh stephen campbell um sean dooley who was the uh we know him best, Jeff, from uh, Misfits. He was the guy, he was basically the probation officer put over the Misfits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that jerk. Yeah, so Sean Dooley. Um, and it's it all takes, it's they're all, you know, London police. Watching Doctor Who, watching other British programs, you don't think there's a big racial issue in Britain, but apparently there still is. I knew there was back in the 80s there still is and uh it's pretty bad with the police and that's kind of what this show's about is uh uh dealing with that and walking through all of that and it's it's uh it's shocking at times it's um it's kind of a slow burn uh capaldi is brilliant in it as this uh lead detective that is under suspicion by uh kush jumbo's uh sergeant investigator you know um and he's just so good in it he's just so cool and it's like take the best aspects of his character from the thick of it and take you know that 
how scary he was in the thick of it, and then take the best aspects of him as the doctor, merge them together, and that's his character in uh, in this one. Um, just just solid. It's a really good, and I love police dramas, so it's a really good cop show for me. So uh, yeah, really fun and disturbing at the same time. Not quite as heavy-handed as, say, SWAT when it comes to the racial issues, but it does it does bring up the racial issues quite a bit. Yeah. All right. That is what I have gotten through, along with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I was happy, delighted to sit and watch. I still need to watch the uh, Band of Brothers airplane show. Same. That, that's on my list. I have to see if I have permission to watch it without my son being in the room or if he's got to watch it with us, so... Um, if, if I can watch it on my own, then we get a, my wife and I'll just put it on one night when we're, it's basically like, we're always in the evenings, we're always home watching TV and the kids are off doing what they want to do because they're adults. They can do what they want to do. But if my son wants to watch something with us, it's like, we have to wait for his ass to be home for a minute so we can watch it, which is why Monarch took us forever to get through. Yeah. <laughs> cause I'm like, well, I want to watch this with you cause you and I watched all of the, American Godzilla movies that are all interlinked along with King Kong. They're all interlinked and Monarch is part of this link. So I want to watch this with you. And then, uh, yeah, it took us a while to get through that one, but Hey, he's getting ripped. So I can't blame him for wanting to go to the gym every evening after work, not coming home until nine o'clock. So that is fair. Looking good. Uh, but that's enough. Let's get into some TV news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Zoe Saldana um, owns my heart today. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. I don't know if she's telling the truth or not. I don't even know if she knows what the hell she's talking about, but she gave me hope. She mm-hmm. gave me hope in a world that feels hopeless most days. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little emotional. But Zoe Saldana says Paramount still wants to bring back the Kelvin cast for one last Star Trek movie, and I am there for it. Put Chris Pine in the yellow shirt again. Jesus Christ. You know what? You know what? I want to see them all in Monster Maroons. Okay. I want to just see that 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 advancement to the Monster Maroons and the, you know, everything just they've they've already got the Enterprise A after the last um you know, after the last after the last Star Trek movie, after Star Trek three with them. Beyond. They got the Enterprise Beyond, Star Trek Beyond. They got they got the Enterprise A because they had had to be rebuilt completely. Uh, at that weird at that space station out in the middle of nowhere, they get it rebuilt there. Okay. Anyway, but the point is, I want to see them. You know, put them in the. I don't care if they're in the orange. I don't care if they're in fucking next generation uniforms. I want to see them again. Yes, I do. I want to see him and all the, all the cast coming back with the uh, you know a great with and with uh, Chekhov having been reassigned to the USS Reliant. And we don't have to worry about him, about the Reliant getting destroyed by Khan because Khan's already been killed by oh, Spock yeah, in that universe. There you go. Well yeah. handled, Script Smith. And then, so basically, he's off. He's off being the first officer of the Reliant, so we never have to worry about, you know, they can just say he's on the, he, oh, he's serving on the Reliant. You know, and that's it. And all the fans will go, ah. And so we'll go, wait, he can't, he'll die. And then you remember, no, Khan has been, has been dealt with in this universe by Spock. So. Um, Millie, Miley, Millie, 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 Millie Alcock. Boy, that could not have been great in elementary school. 
Um, <laughs> you you might uh, recall her from the the House of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, has been cast as Kara Zor-El in the DC Universe. James Gunn is so fucking good at casting that this one had never occurred to me, and then the moment I heard it, I was like, well, fuck yeah, that's perfect. She'll be great. She'll be absolutely yep. great. Um, so I am... I mean, there's nothing more. There's nothing more to it than that, really. It's just a. It's a. Everything you need to know is in the headline. Everything else is uh, stuff we would cover on Patreon. So, mm-hmm. way to go, kid. Uh, good casting. Way to go, James Gunn. Good casting, buddy. Smart casting. Very, very smart. smart. Casting. Yep. So I'm. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, Buffy mm-hmm. the Vampire Slayer reboot gets a promising update. The long gestating Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot series uh, gets its first update in over a year from franchise producer Dolly Parton. (laughs) I guess if you're going to run Joss Whedon off, who else are you going to replace him with? Exactly. Let's bring in the great, let's bring in the heart of the entertainment industry. Yeah. (laughs) If you're going to run off the bully in the entertainment industry. As opposed to the broken heart of the entertainment industry. Because Joss Whedon, you broke my heart, dick. Oh, you're, oh, I get so frustrated when I think about people that I so terribly admired. And then you're like, oh, he's a, he's a drippy cock. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, it looks like it may be moving forward. Hmm. Doesn't that, isn't that fun? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I I want to see because they've had different plans or different ideas. Uh, one was to make the new Slayer African the new Slayer African American, and even just call her Buffy anyway. Um, instead of being a you know a, a, a well not really a Valley girl, but you know a vapid Hollywood girl, uh, they were going to make her more you know street street level, which I thought was interesting. Um, but I just want to see it move forward. I want to see something come back from it. Yeah. And Whedon will get money from it no matter what. He owns the rights to it all, so he'll get money somehow. No, I don't so care I'm not about worried. getting the money. I just would like him to fucking own up and apologize. Yeah, just own up and apologize and then uh, come back and, and get writing again, dude, because you're a really talented writer. Fucking amazing as a writer. Yep. I just wish he'd get over himself and come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, six seasons in a movie. In slow development for years, the community movie is planned to start production uh, sometime this spring. Creator Dan Harmon has been looking to uh, reassemble the core cast of the series to return for the new film. There have been some doubt over certain fan favorites coming back, such as uh, Mm. uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald Glover. However, community Mm. star Ken Jeong revealed on The Tonight Show that the two of them are coming back with the show's other main cast members, uh, noting how how getting everybody's schedules lined up is what's been holding up the production. So let's see. He says, uh, like Donald Glover, the biggest star in the world, getting his schedule aligned. You got Danny Pudi, Gillian Jacobs, Allison Brie, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash, who is now an Oscar winner. Um, Mm -hmm. We're all really busy. Joel McHale's very available. Like he's available anytime. He's on set right now. He says, uh, oh my God! I love to serve drinks. That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, it doesn't look like Chevy Chase is coming back, and I am here for it. 
<laughs> Look, other than the Fletch movies, I don't give a shit about Chevy Chase. The Fletch movies, and only because I like the Fletch novels, did I like the Fletch movies. Uh, he was fine in them. I like John Hamm better as Fletch, frankly. I've always been a fan of Chevy Chase's what he can do. What he can do with comedy, him personally, I've never cared for. Yeah. Yep. Every time I've seen him interviewed, every time I hear some, what somebody says about him behind, you know, behind the scenes, it's like, yeah, I believe it. I because I've seen it in his interviews. But when he's just being, when he's just able to do his comedy, it's so good. Yeah. Um, the first trailer for Guy Ritchie's upcoming film, The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Oh my God, I can't wait for this. I've been playing, <laughs> I've been playing Sniper Elite 2, 3, 4, and 5 uh, on, my, on my computer, uh, mm-hmm. which is basically you're a sniper uh, working for the Americans, and you keep getting dropped in World War II zones to shoot Nazis. Which I love. What the fuck's not to like? Yeah. It's a hoot. I, I just, love that. I just and the best part of those games is when you make a good shot, it slows into slow motion, follows the bullet, and then you get it peels away the skin basically and lets you see the damage your bullet does to your target. So it'll show exploding spines. I shot the face off a guy last night. It was a wonderful graphic. Um, his little Nazi hat went flying. Oh, it was great. Uh, but this is uh, this is. Uh, Showing uh, Carrie Yules plays an undisclosed character recruiting Henry, Henry Cavill and his team of misfits to fight in a secret British World War II organization against the Germans. The film is based on the book by the same name by Damien Lewis. It's a true story, and the organization was founded by Prime Minister Winston Churchill and James Bond creator Ian Fleming. I am here for it. Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie? Holy shit. Henry Cavill with a beard? Am I bisexual? And hey, we get we get even more muscle because Alan Richardson's going to show up in it. Oh, and be a part of it. Yeah, I know. Between yeah. I don't know between Chris Pine in a shirt and Henry Cavill without a shirt. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, throw Chris Hemsworth on the top of that bucket, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not entirely straight. Um, According to Forbes, um, the mature-rated Marvel Spotlight series, uh, Echo. Fuck, what a show. What a great fucking show. Great Um, fucking show. Had a production budget of $40 which is less than 20% of some of the MCU's other recent series, like She-Hulk, which was $212 Secret Invasion, $225. What the fuck did you spend, I guess, okay. All right. All yeah. Right. Turn all it from the, green to pasty um, and pasty to green costs some money. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, that is an expensive piece of poop right there. That's secret invasion. <laughs> That's the most polished turd I've seen in a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now Echo has set the record for the cheapest live action MCU series on Disney Plus. Uh, when Marvel Studios first announced plans to develop Disney Plus series, it was reported that each episode of television would cost around $25 million, making a six-episode season cost at least $150 million. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Moon Knight, Loki Season 2 all came in at around the $150 million mark, while WandaVision mm-hmm. and Hawkeye reportedly cost as much as She-Hulk, which was, as you may recall, about two hundred and twelve. million. Now I want to know what the fuck were you spending on Hawkeye? On that, uh, Jesus Christ, probably fucking licensing rights for the music. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that and had to have been it, because otherwise... 
shooting in New York costs a shitload more than shooting in fucking Oklahoma. That's true. Even though they were shooting in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, I've been to Oklahoma. It does not look in very many places like it looked in Echo. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool right there. Uh, Dear Marvel, give me $20 million. I'll I'll make you a really good show. Well, and I mean, Echo just shows that if you if you just settle down a little bit and you you know you you focus on these street level characters for your TV shows, you could have fucking great TV shows that people are going to respond to and enjoy, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. You know, um, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage are all pretty easy ones to make. Uh, without having to have a lot of CGI, and they already proved that by doing the Netflix series. So you know, and Echoes are, has done that as well. And I, I cannot. I mean, well, maybe it was the just being able to afford, uh, you know, Hawkeye himself being in the movie, but probably or being in the series. But it's just, yeah, we we you could do Hawkeye for a lot less. There's quite a few of these you could do for a lot less. I see Ms. Marvel costing. I see She Hulk. I really see She Hulk costing a lot. I see WandaVision costing a lot. But yeah. It's just, there's a lot you shouldn't have to spend a lot of money on for CGI. Yep. Absolutely not. Um, According to Production Weekly, Emmy winner uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Oscar winner Rachel Weisz may be reprising their roles um, in uh, in, uh, Thunderbolts uh, (laughs) as Bill Foster and uh, Melina Vostikoff in the new Thunderbird or Thunderbolts movie. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Lawrence Fishburne, that's a get. Rachel Weiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel Weiss. <laughs> Rachel Weiss. You know, Bill Foster was killed off so long ago in Civil War. I'm sure he's come back and I'd never even heard about it, but uh he's killed off so long ago in Civil War. Every time somebody brings up Bill Foster, I'm like, wasn't well, he dead? You know? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but not in the MCU. Not nope. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No. But hey, I got news for you. That is it yes. for the news. Oh, well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're talking comics. Tell I'm Peter Davison. I played the fifth doctor. And you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the world's greatest comic book podcast. Wah, wah, wah! Let's have uh, a little bit of that good old-fashioned comic book news. Comic book news it is. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. I can't draw. Let's be let's be clear about that. I doodle. And I mm-hmm. and I doodle okay. I'm an okay doodler, but I am not a drawer. I don't consider myself, you know, an artist. So when I see the cover of a comic book and I go. Well, I can fucking do that. 
<laughs> I mean, that looks like how I draw, and I don't consider myself an artiste at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I see that cover that I that I literally we pulled out of the box and Braxton started to laugh and I was like, "What?" and he showed it to me and I started to laugh and we're just laughing at this cover. I'm like, "Good lord. They're really letting junior high kids do comic book covers now." <laughs> so this X-Force cover <laughs> for number 20 or what was it? Uh X-Force X-Force X-Force. I can't remember the number. Anyway, um John Cassidy's X-Force cover with the Beast of Wolverine is now averaging between $25 and $35 on eBay. <laughs> Cassidy is known for his highly detailed art, but he yeah. has changed his style because apparently he doesn't like to work anymore. I'm sorry. This cover is fucking awful. It's, I'm looking, it's terrible. Like, Liefeld's over there going, whoa, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, it's sold for 27 bucks on eBay, uh, and I have I have rechecked, and it is sold for even more, basically probably because people can't fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. You know? What an ugly cover. Anybody else want to weigh in on this cover? Well, I mean, I see two things on it. One is, uh, I think of uh, Picasso, not that I'm comparing him to Picasso, but, uh, you know, a lot of people would look at Picasso's later paintings and go, well, I could paint that. Why is that worth billions of dollars? But you got to remember, Picasso started out when he was when he was like 16. He could paint portraits better than most portrait artists at the time. He was bored with that. And so he started doing whatever he wanted to do. With Cassidy, I'm like, I look at this and I'm like, are you trying to get fired? Do you just not want to work for Marvel anymore or do covers anymore? Because this just looks like you threw it together in an afternoon and said, yeah, that's good enough. Here you go, Marvel. Yep. I mean, it's 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 very sketchy. Uh, it's got, it's his the proportions are wrong. Uh, the foreshortening of the arm is wrong. So there's a lot of redo. Beast's face is fine, except the eyeball, which looks weird. No, the nose is wrong. Mm-hmm. And why is he spitting snow? Yes. Or cocaine. You, I don't know. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is when I saw the Doctor Strange cover that he did with, uh, you know, for with the Planet of the Apes homage one that they did, um, I thought it was, I didn't think it was John, I didn't think it was John Cassidy who did that. It looked like a different artist I know. You know, and I'm like, oh, they got him to come out of retirement and draw something. <laughs> so I can't believe that this this has to be AI or something. Like he had to put in to AI what does John Cassidy's cover look like if he was to draw Beast and Wolverine. <laughs> like and 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 then the AI spit out this and he's just like, Yeah, that works. Let's see what happens. But why are people paying money for crap now like that that makes me sad because <laughs> that they, makes me really sad they put down previous samples of his work and he's fucking amazing he's so good mm-hmm. yeah it's like he's, this one is he's trying to teach himself how to draw after a head injury or something yeah like he's been well known for being so good and lately like like this mm-hmm. and i think they have a cover that he has coming up for 48 on here that also looks pretty good. Like Beast looks a little bit better at it uh, on it at least. Yeah, yeah. People were worried that he was like 
Marvel was um, hiring him when he's, you know, obviously become infirm or something and can't draw anymore <laughs> uh, and that kind of thing. But actually, that's not the case. He just, to me, I, I'm like, this doesn't look like somebody who doesn't, who's having trouble drawing. This looks like Some... somebody who just didn't have the time to get it drawn. Yeah, somebody in a hurry. Yeah, oh, you sort of shit. slap that's together. That's due today? Give me an hour. Yep. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Um, Ahsoka season one is getting a comic adaptation. Um, my big worry on this is that people will think that it's its own little story and will buy the first issue, which will make me buy a lot of the second issue in which they come back and go, this is just a fucking TV show and then cancel it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no, that's I'm, for sure what's going to happen. I sure got a lot of number two Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I, uh, season two. She won the Mandalorian still. My yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I like when Mandalorian the comic book came out. I got, like, it was it was on the shelf, and I, I I looked at it. I flipped through it, and I was like, wait, this is the same, this story I've already seen on the show. So I put it back. I'm glad I didn't buy it because I, to me, I thought, oh, well, you're putting out a Mandalorian book. It's going to be the continuing, yeah, telling telling me more story, and it wasn't. And the same with this Ashoka. I'm like Ahsoka. I'm like, stop doing that. Give me in-between stories. Don't just repeat the same thing. Yeah, it worked for the Star Wars movie back in the 70s, you know, to to retell the Star Wars movie in a comic book adoption. As a kid whose mother never took him to the movies, I got to see Star Wars by reading it in the comic books first. Yeah, can I tell you the most embarrassing moment as a little kid? We're in a in a little elementary school assembly gathered together in the gym there at Central Elementary in Pleasant Grove. And there's a symphony playing, and they start playing this music, and they played the Rocky theme. And I knew that one from TV, Somebody, because I'd heard somebody play it on TV, even though I hadn't seen Rocky yet. Then they played Star Wars, and everybody's like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I turned to a friend, I said, what song is this? He goes, it's Star Wars, duh. I'm like, because my mother never took me to see She wouldn't take me to movies. So finally I saw it in, like, I think I saw Star Wars in 78 when it came out and you saw the first, the scroll came up and said episode four. That was when I first saw Star Wars. Yeah. On the and I saw it at a drive-through or a drive-in movie because that was the only way I my sister wanted to take her kids to see it because they were begging her to see it. So that was the only way I got to see it. I was like, ugh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh no, that that's the whole thing about these adoptions is it's great that you're doing them. Do them as a trade. Do them as a graphic novel. Don't do it as a as a regular series, because what, those of us who want to read these want to read about the characters, other things they're doing. We want to see continuing adventures. That's why I buy the fucking Star Trek comics. Yeah. It's continuing adventures. Yeah. Well, one thing <sighs> this will probably have is the first appearance of, like, that droid. So, like, if I have to sell it, that's probably what I'm going to do. Mm. But I don't foresee this. I'm... I'm hoping that the general public has learned that that what they're doing is just retelling the the seasons. And but... if you want that, awesome, great, yes. I get it. When I when it was 1977, 78, I was reading the Star Wars comics, even though I had seen the movie as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was just. But I don't know if you've gone back and read any 70s comics. They weren't very good. Um, and maybe now that we're better, uh, we should. Be best. Okay. 
I just like the old Star Wars comic, like Leia, when she gets shot by the, stunned by the uh, stormtroopers. The, they they showed her, her literally getting hit in the boob. Yeah. With the, with the, with the blaster, with the blast. I was like, okay. Uh, and Ouch. then there was, oh, and you actually got to see the big scene um, as well as the scene that was, that was, they, I don't even know if they, I think they shot it, but you never see it. It was the scene between his friends who hung out in the, at Tashi station. And then Luke talking to Biggs, which later made it into one of the, one of the later cuts of the movie. Um, but yeah, Luke talking to Biggs, and then the the job of the hut scene was actually put in and shown in the comic the way it was the way his original footage was because all they got were photos of from the film shoot and the script to put together a comic book. Yep, yep. Uh, DC's throwing shade at the Flash TV show. Um. Just in a in a little uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number one, mm-hmm. uh, it's one little panel, and it's Flash saying Flash's TV show is the greatest, and Green Arrow saying he fought the same villain for five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Is true. That uh, is true. Also, by the way, a notable date uh, passed this week. Um. The newspaper that has the death of Flash written on it. Yes. In the Flash TV show there, starting in season one and I believe ending in season 14. Uh, mm-hmm. That was this week. It's, uh, it's uh, February 3rd, 2024. That's right. Yep. It seems so seems so far in the future when they showed that first episode and that newspaper. And, and you know, it was on that... It's on that holographic projection. I'm like, yeah, we'll have holographic projections in 2024. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Marvel uh, has unveiled a new look at Iman Vellani's uh, Ms. Marvel comic that's coming. Um, and uh, it looks good. This one is a visual, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But uh, mm-hmm. it's a four-issue limited miniseries. Hits the stands on March 6th. You can order it now from your local comic book shop. Uh, and you should, so we make sure that we have enough copies in there for you. It's going to be fantastic. The last bit batch she did was great. So I yeah, would definitely go and pick this one up. It's pretty good. Yeah, so um, give, a, give, your, give a call over there to Dr. Volts. Mm-hmm. Uh, twen- uh, what is it? Uh, what, 2043 East, 3300 South, Salt Lake City, Utah, drvolts.com. We'll be happy to handle this for you. That's right. Yeah. Not that other store. This store. No, not the not the nerd store in West Valley. Clearly, where you could find me every Wednesday live on the comic book wall. We got to talk about that because I got issues with Facebook Live. I'll talk to you about that after. Let's talk about that after. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey! That's it for the news. Oh well, uh, let's talk about what we've been reading this week. Kenny, what'd you read uh, this week? So the only thing I got a chance to sit down with was uh, Moon Man number one, which I believe you also had on your list. Yes, um, I have it, but you can talk about it. Uh, you know, I I'm a big Kid Cudi fan, um, so I had to pick this one up. Uh, it was the obvious choice for me to read this week, and it was a uh, it was good. Um, it doesn't seem it seems closely to if you've listened to Kid Cudi, he has uh, three volumes of The Man on the Moon. And volume mm. one specifically tells of a story, uh, a very superheroic esque story, um, and this seems like it might be similar to that. 
Uh, he does have, and I'm blanking on the writer's name. He does Radiant Black. He did Power Rangers for the longest time. His co-writer um, is Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, who is also very good at their craft. Um, and so I'm super, super stoked about the the series. Um, I'm waiting to see more. Can't can't wait to read more though. Um, but it is a good, it's a good solid pickup to me. Uh, just because I. I'm ex- I like Kid Cudi, like I said, and I like the the parallels between his first album and this, at least. Mm. Okay. How about you, Jeff? Uh, all I managed to make time for this week was Duke number two. I like Duke number one. I like the idea of Conrad Hauser running around, uh, an enemy to the states. And in this one, he continues to do so. But again, it's it, there's spoilers in it, so I'm not going to drop those. But basically, mm-hmm. I think Joshua Williamson, as much as I'm enjoying Chip Zdarsky's run right now on Batman, um, hmm. and I pray to God I got the same guy, or I'm going to sound like an idiot, but he had a short run on Batman before Zdarsky picked it up. And I, I from reading his other stuff, I'm like, boy, I really would have liked to see where that where that evolved was with his run because it was so short um and and his books were good i read them when they came out so uh the batman books but uh yeah if you're not reading duke i know i still have copies over at dr volts 2043 east 3300 south at salt lake city utah uh i know i still have number ones um Mm. and then i got number two coming out this week so if you've got a nostalgic run for gi joe but you want it to hit you in a far more mature place duke is doing it i haven't Mm -hmm. read cobra commander yet um you know i'd like i'd like them to do the origin story of where he learned to talk so stupid but (laughs) i'll get you joe throat injury and a I was going to say it's more of the you know, story of the guy who uh, voiced him more than anything. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. But that's all I've read this week. What about you? Uh, so, yeah, like Kenny said, I read Moon Man. Um, I know nothing about Kid Cootie. Same. Um, I've, I think I've caught him once on when he, when he was a music guest on a show on Saturday Night Live or something like that. But apart from that, I don't know anything about his music. Um, the story, so I went into this story completely blind and, um, the story's compelling. It's interesting. Uh, have I read something like this before? Yes. Yes. Of course I have. Uh, but at the same time, I liked the idea of it. Um, it's almost like they're taking on, uh, Elon Musk in some ways. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, with the whole with every you know, ticket, you know, his how his brother hates the corporation he basically works for. Um and then uh just there is there there's that sort of corporatism, um, you know, anti there's some anti uh monopolism going on in it, which I think we need more of. We need more of that in pop culture, people talking about how four companies own everything now and we need to bust these monopolies again. We need a trust buster to back in the White House. And in, and we need a trust busting Congress for that matter. Uh, I it's left show, but I doubt that'll ever happen again. Um, meanwhile, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good story, and I may be picking up more as we go. Uh, so Titans Beast World number six, the final evolution. So I can talk fully about Titans Beast World. Wow, um, 
first of all, I didn't, I wasn't aware of a lot of the little, I, I was only perfectly aware of a lot of the little things people had been dealing with, uh, like Raven having to trap a darker version of herself inside a crystal that she wears on her forehead. Um, but, uh, all the stuff with Beast Boy was really cool. They had done, they had written a piece that came out, it was kind of a pre, pre, uh, Beast World saga that you should read and basically the i what the thing to get that you get from that is that when beast boy turns into like a swarm of bees or something which was not something you could do back in the george perez era which is when i was reading teen <laughs> titans um you could turn into a swarm of bees rachel explains raven rachel explains that when he does that his like his consciousness is spread out and one of when one of them is killed it's like a tiny part of him dies so when he turns into the star conqueror in order to fight another star conqueror um and he releases all the the starfish spores all over the world and turns people into animals um or you know uh, we're we're animals it's this moment of wait aren't those all little pieces of beast boy that you're you're just murdering right there uh and when they come to realize that in this issue it was like oh shit stop <laughs> because <laughs> he can re he can reassemble himself from that so uh the final, the final revelation, I kind of got a feeling of just because the way the the book is written, I was like, yeah, I saw that coming, because just the way you wrote that, you didn't show me a battle, so therefore, yeah, I figured that was the 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 result. Um, again, ain't my first rodeo when it comes to reading these kind of books. Uh, but again, I you know everything going on with Amanda Waller, who's basically trying to make herself high chancellor in the United States. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by the okay. end, yeah, by the end, she's just like, I'm taking over, she's taken over the Hall of Justice and renamed it the Hall of Order. And that's what she's going to run her little clandestine organization out of. So, which is getting bigger and bigger every day. Um, Avengers Incorporated. This is issue five, the final issue of Avengers Incorporated, because they just couldn't make it work uh, as a series. Um it's definitely written like Al Ewing was given a, a last minute notice that, oh, by the way, we're canceling you at issue five. You need to rewrite issue five. So it's a lot more voiceover from Jan than we had before, than I'm sure we had in the original script. Um, it does end in a satisfactory way. And I would look forward to upcoming stories about it. But at the same time, it's there's moments of it I'm like, oh, okay. And I was really happy they went back and explained some things that I'd missed, like in West Coast Avengers back in the day and everything. So it was it was nice that they they and I'm like, please, yes, this is how you do it. Looking at you, Larry Hammer, writing GI Joe again, explain shit that I don't know about, <laughs> like Marvel does. <laughs> Even though it's continuity, and everybody who's all your old fans remember it very well from issue 300 or whatever, I don't. So just fucking tell me who is this guy hanging out with Snake Eyes. Uh, why does Snake Eyes and Scarlet? Why are Snake Eyes and Scarlet hanging out together? Since when does Snake Eyes take off his mask and not feel terrible about himself? I mean, all this stuff. Um, the final one I'll talk about is Marvel Voices Legends for 2024. By the way, Marvel, I wish you would just na give the year, put the year on these, so they would be easier to mark because they're always a number one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So here we have uh, here we have uh, some stories involving various. Various characters of the, uh, you know, the black characters from the Marvel Universe. Um, yeah, I wanted more. I wanted more. 
I felt like a lot of this was just sort of some of it was pushed to be, oh, yeah, we're going to have a continuation of this in a later series coming up. Uh, like, I think they did that with Deathlock, and they definitely did that with um, uh, Patriot, coming, the Return of Patriot. I liked the Return of Patriot story, and I liked the Deathlock stories. And then they kind of basically end with you, you saying, well, wait until we come back with a regular series for this character now. I'm like, oh, fuck me. I got to wait for that. Uh, but the other, everything else was kind of schlo- a little bit schlocky, which is uh, quite common in these Marvel Legends books. So, uh, but there is a really it, worth the price of the cover. Worth the uh, what is it? How much was this sucker? Three ninety nine, five ninety nine. Fuck me, six dollar cover. Um, but the, worth the price of the book uh, for me was a, a interview with um, Dennis Cohen in the right in the middle of it all. It's a really good interview with Dennis Cohen. So. That was worth it for me. Uh, but that is what I have read. So, today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Wednesday. It's time to give our picks of the week. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high and I was just your pick of the week all right what are you looking forward to coming out this week start with Kenny uh you know I'm really hyped about ultimate black panther I love the ultimate universe um I have seen how much ultimate black panther is already going for on the secondary market so definitely try to make it down to your uh, local comic shop. I know uh, that me and Jeff just got a message that we will actually have copies on the shelf. You'll only be allowed to buy one among all of the covers as long as we actually get copies on the shelf um, and they don't all come in damaged or we're not shorted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, I love the Ultimate Universe. I love the things that Hickman built in mm-hmm. Ultimate Invasion and stuff like that. So I'm super stoked about uh, Black Panther. I want to see what the hell Wakanda's up to because it's a big, like, hole on the map because Mm -hmm. no one knows what's happening there which is always cool (laughs) all right how about you jeff what are your mainstream picks um in sort of a turn for me because i've got joker fatigue uh batman 142 Mm -hmm. kicks off uh batman joker year one or year zero or something anyway it's basically zadarsky telling joker's um origin story kind of sort of yeah, it's so, kind of a post. Yeah, post getting out of the vat of goo. Yep. And uh, that Joker. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And then uh, Wolverine Madripoor Knights number one comes out this week, mm-hmm. um, and that is uh, something I think I'll probably pick up. Um, I I did pick up the uh, the Sabretooth War. Um, uh, you know, number one and number two. I just haven't had time to read them. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me for mainstream. What about you? Yeah, the uh, Sabretooth War. Um, this last issue, I've I've got I've got issues with it. I thought I had bigger issues with it. And I was going to bring it up in the review section, but I didn't. So uh, if he resolves it the right way, which I'm trusting Cantwell to do it, I'll be happy about it. If he doesn't resolve it the right way, it's going to stick in my craw for a while. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the picks I have this week, um, Dr. Strange number 12 will be coming out. I love Dr. Strange. 
Uh, this is uh, focusing on his dog, his ghost dog named Bats. So looking forward to that one. And then uh, from DC Comics, because you grabbed the Joker War one already, uh, I'm going to throw up Amanda Connors. Well, everybody's uh, DC's How to Lose a Guy Gardener in 10 Days, which is basically a romance anthology special, which will be fun. Yeah, fuck Guy Gardner. Yep. Fuck that poor guy. Uh, indie picks this week for me, uh, from image comics. I'm looking forward to the one hand, uh, by, uh, Rom V with Lawrence Campbell and Lee Luffridge. Uh, this just, it's, it's noir. It's a crime drama. It's got me written all over it right there. I want to read that. And then, uh, from distillery, finally gone. Number two, <laughs> I guess they're just letting them draw it and then they'll put it out when they're finished with it. That's kind of how it is. So I'm finally getting gone number two and it's like, good. Cause I really wanted to know what happened to poor Abby stuck on that spaceship. Um, and is she going to come back as an adult? Uh, that's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, this is, I'm looking forward to gone. Um, how about you, Jeff? What are your indie picks? Thundercats, Thundercats, Thundercats. Ho! Oh. <laughs> I don't know why he's calling everybody that, but it's you, Lion. Oh, you, you do you, buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's coming out from Dynamite uh, this week. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a little darker and a little grittier than the cartoon, basically, because mm-hmm. it's being written by uh, Declan Shalvey. Um, and, uh, you know, he's written some pretty cool shit over the years. Uh, yep. So I'm looking forward to that one. And then... Um, from Fantagraphics, Hypericum, which looks like a naughty book. Mm-hmm. It, it does, but uh, basically it follows in parallel um, Howard Carter's uh, 1920 discovery in Egypt, and then the, the love affair is happening in 1990s Berlin. Between Egypt and Berlin, the two areas confront and intertwine in a story that has its center in Hypericum, or St. John's Wort, a plant with unusual properties. So um, it just looks weird, and and I'm, I've been shifting more to the weird shit lately. So we'll have to see how this one goes, because I have no fucking idea. But that's that's all I've got. All right. How about you, Kenny? Any any indie picks? Uh, you know, I was just looking through and I seen there's a new Dark Souls book coming out, and as the video game guy, that is that's dope. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, I I know Dark Souls. There's just never enough Dark Souls content, um, and uh, people are gonna eat that up. So definitely check out Dark Souls. Well, if it's anything like the game, it'll probably be in some weird fucking made up language that's impossible to read, and if you can't get through the first page in a set amount of time, you die. Sure. Or do you have mm-hmm. to, or while holding the book, do you have to roll and roll and roll and roll? And then you wait for it opening and then you can turn the page. Yep. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Fuck, I hate that get, game. I hate that game so much. Get good at parries. That's, that's just, you can mm-hmm. also do that. I have still yet to beat the first big bad in that fucking game. I came so close. He had this much left, and he hit me one last time, and I died. And I was like, "Fuck this game!" And I just have never played it again. Are you, are you still on Dark Souls One? Is that why? No, it was three. The... Okay, I was gonna, then cool. Don't 
no one starts with Dark Souls 1. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's basically the rule of Dark Souls, is you don't start with Dark Souls 1. Yeah, I just, I rage quit. I rage fair quit. Enough. But I didn't post it to Facebook when I did it, so I'm cool. Okay, good. That's okay. fair. I think that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into our TARDIS and uh, head into April to give our picks of the future. Now available, your April picks. You can order them from your fr- friendly neighborhood comic book shop, and they would love you to order these now so that they make sure to get them in. Right, guys? Yep. Both of you being comic book retailers. Yes, yes. Order these now. So go find, go, we're giving you recommendations of ones we're seeing coming out in April. And if you want it, get it ordered at your local comic book shop. Yes, you have to wait until April. It's better than walking in in April going, do you have a copy of this? And they don't have it anymore because they they only ordered four because they didn't know anybody would want it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jeff, what's your, uh, what's your future pick? Uh, I'm going to go with the pretty deadly hardcover, the Shrike Vault edition. Uh, this go. was a Kelly Sue DeConnick joint mm-hmm. um, drawn by Emma Rios. And this is, uh, this is uh, the art in black and white, um, sharing the first five issues of Pretty Deadly in their original detailed artboard scale. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. It is a big one. So it's 144 pages coming in at 125 bucks. Oh, so while it is my recommendation, it is well out of my tax bracket. <laughs> How are you, Kenny? What's your uh, what's your future? So I'm, I'm pivoting a little bit because I didn't understand the assignment when I got the email uh, that we were picking for April. So I'm pivoting oh. from what I had originally put. Uh, Darth Maul, black, white and red oh, yeah. uh, is coming out in April. Um, yeah. I, as as a child of the 90s, <laughs> I have uh, unreasonable love for Darth Maul. Because he's a, a dope dude. He's a dope yeah, dude he's with a with a red face and a double sided saber. And that yeah. blue, like I think it was nine year old Kenny's mind got when a, he sees got a, a double sided blader bl- saber just pop. Um, my original pick was the TMNT stuff by Jason Aaron that's coming out, but I think that's June. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited for a jumping on point for TMNT. See the 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 danger I see with reading the Darth Maul book is to have the what is it the Battle of the Fates playing in your head the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, to start yeah, out, Marcus. it'd be pretty fucking awesome, and then by the end, it'd be like, okay, I need a new song. Yep. <laughs> I twenty uh, nine year old JC was blown away also by a double sided lightsaber. It's, it's like pretty fucking cool. <laughs> how do the physics work? How does it work? And just and just the fact that you know you have to keep your hands. I've I've fought I've fought with staffs before. You have and, and with that double sided lightsaber, you can't fight with like you normally do with the staff. So it was funny to watch him, you know. And, and he did it. Uh, my pick for the future is for Marvel. It's Blood Hunt number one of five. This is the vampires attack Mar- the Marvel universe, and Blade's got to lead everybody to it. I think what's really attracted me to it, and if they come out with a poster, I want to get it. It's the uh, the the negative space uh, virgin variant cover by John Tyler Christopher. Uh, it's Blade, old school Blade from the seventies, with the a green background that blends into his old green jacket that he used to wear. And uh, he's got the you know he's got his stakes, he's got his brown belt and his brown 
uh, bandolier. He's got his two katanas and everything. It just looks, yeah, he's got those weird sunglasses and the afro. It just is such a cool fucking cover. And I'm like, if it comes out as a poster, I fucking want it. Fucking want to get this. Marvel usually puts these out only as covers. You never get them as posters. So this is such a great piece of artwork. I I'll probably have to go find John Tyler Christopher at a con and he'll have it as a, a 11 by 17 I can pick up that he'll autograph for me. But otherwise, yeah, God damn, it's a good looking cover. Um, but otherwise, no, it's like, it's everything that's been, we've been leading up to this in all the different books. There's been all kinds of vampire shit for going on for years now. Jason Aaron brought him back and we've just had all this vampire shit going on. Uh, blade bloodline created, you know, blades blade and bloodline created the new character bloodline, his blades daughter. Uh, we had uh, ultimate speed, we had Miles Morales, Spider-Man fighting with with Blade and Bloodline. All this is coming back. We've had all the stuff with uh, uh, Moon Knight and the vampires there. So, yeah, it's like all this has been leading up to this moment. The skies have gone dark. The sun is hiding its face for the carnage to come. The children of the night uh, have risen from the dark and hidden places of the world as one to drown the Marvel Universe in blood. And the Avengers and basically everyone get a take on vampires. And somebody's going to get bit, and that's what's fucking awesome. So, yes. It's yes. almost like they thought uh, they would have, like, something outside of comics with Blade coming soon. Something. Something soon. Yeah. And yet, it's not coming soon anymore. It's never coming. <laughs> it's never I've coming. Lost, I've lost faith, <laughs> and I hate that I've lost faith. Uh, it'll come. It's just going to take a long fucking time. And uh, that's how we felt about the original Blade movie. It's like, wow, this... I dated her. I this came out a while ago. Uh, and that's 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 it. Anything else uh, this week? Join anything, us on Patreon. Anything people should know about at your very at your two stores? Uh, Wednesday is New Comic Book Day. That's when we put out the new comics for you guys to come peruse and enjoy. And then over there, Doctor Volts, we overhauled the entire non-comic section and added in some amazing vintage toys. That you guys really ought to pop over and see at the Dr. Volts. Mm-hmm. 2043 East, 3300 South, Salt Lake City, Utah. If you need something, uh, give me a call. I was mm-hmm. in there. There is some incredible stuff over there. Yep. There really is. Uh, yeah, new comic book day over at the Nerd Store in West Valley and in Orem. Um, I'll be over there live Wednesday, probably about 2 p.m. this week, uh, showing off all the books, um, all the new stuff on on our Facebook Um and then we all we have we're at the point where we almost have some sort of gaming thing happening every day uh, between Pokemon on Saturdays and which I am also the league host of. Uh, so mm-hmm. come see me on Saturdays um, and we have we have a Pokemon challenge and stuff. So every day is a new adventure over at the nerd store right now. Oh, that was good. You should write that down. I should write that down. You should write that. That, down. Is, that is really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I will. Uh... I'll say uh, join us this week on Patreon, patreon.com slash defendmedia. Uh, everybody who helps us out on Patreon helps us keep keep this show uh, out there for everybody else to listen to for free. Uh, once again, last week we talked about uh, the first 10 of the best movies ever made of all time. Uh, this week we're going to cover the next 10, number 34 to whatever we get to, I guess. Yeah. It'll be 25. It could be 20. Who knows? 
It might even it might only be thirty. Depends on how tired we are. Uh, but we're gonna get do that now. Um, so as I will say, as I always do, until some uh, West Coast Avengers shit happens that I didn't know about. Make mine Marvel. For Asgard. For Stan. <laughs>